This podcast is an adaptation of the live radio broadcast of On Wisconsin, containing just the discussion segment. Next time, to catch the whole episode, tune in every Sunday at 3 p.m. on 91.7 FM Madison or streaming worldwide on WSUM.org. Thank you and enjoy. For those of you who are just tuning in, this week we spoke with District 15 Alder Dina Nina Martinez-Rutherford. Martinez-Rutherford is the first openly transgender individual to be elected in Madison. We spoke with her last semester after she was first elected. In the past few weeks, the State Assembly has held hearings for multiple anti-transgender bills. These include bills that would bar transgender women and girls from competing in women's sports in high school and college, prevent access to gender-affirming care for minors, and most recently, a bill that would force transgender inmates to be housed with their assigned gender at birth. Trans rights were a cornerstone of Martinez Rutherford's campaign and continue to be among her main goals as district alder. We sat down with her to talk about her thoughts on recent legislation. Martinez Rutherford was not able to meet with us live in studio today, so the following segment is a recording of our discussion over Zoom on Friday. Before we begin, the opinions expressed on this show do not reflect the views of WSUM, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. All right, so we last talked to you in April after you were first elected. How have these first about six months been as Alder? Wow, the first six months have been insane and amazing. And, you know, uh, people often describe entering government as drinking from a fire hydrant. And <laughs> I would absolutely say that that is accurate. Um, But I'm finding myself in rooms with people that that make decisions and being one of the decision makers feels empowering and amazing, especially coming from, you know, uh, the trans community. We uh, are often not seen in places of, of power and making decisions. And so being here feels most like an honor. Yeah, for sure. Um, what have some of those decisions been recently? I mean, there's everything from whether we should allow pigs as pets in Madison. <laughs> I saw to, that. <laughs> yeah, to uh, whether we're funding the public market, etc. Mm-hmm. Like, like these decisions, I don't take them lightly. I weigh them and and do my best to make a decision that's best for all of us, you know, in Madison. Yeah, awesome. Um. I wanted to talk to you about some of the recent state legislature regarding transgender rights. Most recently, this Wednesday, there was a hearing for Bill AB 447, which, yeah. to my knowledge, um, uh, regards uh, prison inmates and whether they can be housed with their assigned sex at birth or their gender identity. And so this bill would um, force those inmates to be housed with their assigned sex at birth and also has to do with strip searching. Um, yeah. Did you attend that hearing? I did attend the hearing and I also testified. I, you know, the bill is is essentially in place to statutorily define sex as sex assigned at birth. Mm-hmm. And during that hearing, the the sponsor of the bill wasn't able to coherently answer the reasons for the bill other than saying that staff and other inmates felt uncomfortable 
by trans people. And if you're defining sex at birth statutorily, you're having, you're putting people, like, if I went to prison, like, they would kill me. I'm, you know, I, I am trans. I move through the world as a woman. I move through the country pretty safely. I move through the world as a white woman. But if I'm um, put in prison, I'm targeted, you know, and if we're, if we're putting me in a place with cisgender men i'm easy pickings you know i just i I sat there in that whole hearing and and he talked a lot about the comfortability of the officers conducting strip search Mm -hmm. and and um housing inmates that are transgender with their assigned at birth gender and it it was so shocking to me to think that our legislature, especially primarily Republican um, um, officials, are wanting to prioritize the comfortability of the people who are armed and clothed as opposed to somebody who is naked experiencing one of the most traumatic and rough days of their lives. Mm-hmm. And after three weeks of hearings of from banning children, trans people, and sports, which, mind you, there are only a handful in our state. It does not deserve legislation. Um, from that to banning access to health care for children who are under 18, they're taking away the parental right of a parent of a trans person to make informed decisions with their health care practitioner to make that decision for them. I I think it's ludicrous and very unserious. All of these bills are very unserious and some of them may possibly be against federal law. So they're spending all of this time focusing on targeting a small population of our society, of our state. At what cost? What are like they're not doing anything for housing and helping Madison and Milwaukee find ways to create more sustainable, affordable housing. They're not doing anything for that. They're blocking all of that. They're not doing anything to protect the rights of those individuals who are most vulnerable in our society. They're doubling down and targeting them. I ran for office because I wanted to do good for people, especially those who are experiencing uh, the hardest time within our society who are underrepresented under under resourced that that face uphill battles every day and our the republican legislature is attacking the most vulnerable in our society the smallest portion of our society and i'm hurt i'm angry but i am not going to go away yeah i think those are all really powerful words. I remember I was um, reading the the statements on these bills, and I know the um, writers of the bill were saying that it's, they were arguing that it would protect cis women, which I thought was an interesting framing of that bill. And then I was also reading, I think the ACLU of Wisconsin said, and other people, other testimonies said this too, that it went against the Prison Rape Elimination Act, which is a... Yeah. Um, national 
legislation. So yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you kind of say to that um, rhetoric that's being spread that it, you know, we have to protect that it's protecting women in some way? Um, I it's not protecting women. It's mm -hmm. protecting some women. It's not protecting me as a woman. There's so, people are, they've created this environment of fear around people who just want to exist and live and be who they are, whether you agree with it or not. One of the things I said on Wednesday at the um, at the hearing was. You are targeting people that are just trying to exist. Mm -hmm. I don't hate Republicans. I disagree with a lot of things that they do, but I don't hate them. And you don't have to understand how I live my life or how I move through the world, just in the same way that I don't have to understand why you believe what you believe. But if you're, especially if you're going to adhere to Judeo-Christian values, now don't get me wrong, those, that is, um, the de definition of that is varied through every society but mm -hmm. but if you're if you're claiming to follow the bible then follow what jesus said and jesus said i came to you and i asked for food and you didn't give me any i came to you and i was thirsty and you didn't give me water to drink and what i'm saying to the legislature is that we are coming to you saying that these bills harm us and scare us will you offer us comfort the answer appears to be no. We know that these laws are going, or these bills that get through the the Senate and, and Assembly, we know these bills are going to be vetoed by the governor, right? They're going to be mm -hmm. vetoed. If you were serious about doing something for your constituency, you would be serious about finding them housing, helping them get fed, helping them get employed, helping them move through the world a little bit more comfortable and safely instead of attacking a small portion of the population. Right. I remember, I know one of our reporters, Ray Kirsch, was at the hearings for the three bills on um, that affected mainly transgender youth. And I don't know if the, we actually have like a concrete number on this, but I remember they said, you know, someone asked like, how many transgender athletes are there in Wisconsin in high schools? And they said six. And yes. yeah, like you were saying, I think it's just well below a hundred, well below. 100. Yeah. And this, and this hearing, like Ray didn't even go to all of it because it was all day. And so yeah. it just feels like these things are taking, you know, so much time and government energy and resources when it's not affecting a large amount of the population. Right. We're looking for a solution to a, something that's not a problem mm -hmm. because you're scared and you disagree with the way I live my life. And I will tell you, I live my life very normally. I put my pants on the same <laughs> way everyone does. I go to my job. I do the best I can do to take care of the constituents that I, that I represent and the people of Madison, and I am fighting for those who don't have the power or ability to speak for themselves. That's what I, as a as a politician, am doing. That's what I'm focused on. And if you're focused on anything other than trying to make the lives of people, especially the most vulnerable, feel better and more comfortable and help them, then you are focused on the wrong things.
Thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, and I think as a college student in Madison specifically, I'm definitely in sort of a bubble. I think I see like a lot of this anti-trans stuff being pushed from people in positions of power, but it, to me, everyone around me seems to be against it. So I was wondering, do you have any perspective on that as a representative of a different area of Madison? How do the people seem to feel about this? I mean, I got elected. Yeah. I ran as openly trans. I talked about being trans. I talked about the need to protect us, especially our children. So we, Madison as a whole is in a bubble for the most part. I think the city of Madison cares about all of us for the, for the vast majority of the population. We agree that trans people should have the right to exist and move through the world with, with relative safety and, and care. It's, and, and when you're looking at the greater numbers around the country, the vast majority of Americans believe that we should be able to live our lives and exist as trans mm -hmm. people. It is a small minority and a very loud minority who wants us to be literally eradicated. We've heard that from stages from political leaders and want us to not have the right to exist or you know, seek medication and care, health care, that would make us feel better about who our, who we are. I grew up in Texas. I My family are very conservative. My, they, my mother voted for a guy I don't want to talk about ever again, mm -hmm. you know, twice. Um, so I'm able to have a relationship with her. And the only reason I am is because I actively work to love my mother for who she is, whether she agrees with me or not. And I respect her. I may not respect some of her views, right? But the vast majority of Americans want us to be able to be free, mm -hmm. you know, want us to be able to exist. And when you look at our founding fathers and, you know, they wanted us have to have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. My aunt told me several years after I transitioned and, and rebuilt a relationship with my family because I pulled away because I was scared that they wouldn't accept me. And I think if I would have gone wholeheartedly and told them straight away that I was transitioning that it would have been there would have been a different relationship between us but my aunt said I don't agree with this I don't agree that you should be a, you should be a woman I believe God created you as as a male um, she goes but I've never seen you happier mm -hmm. and that to me says it all I just want to be comfortable in my own skin and move through the world like anyone else does. So would you say it's not about convincing people to agree, but rather just kind of coming to an understanding that you disagree, but you should be able to live your life? Right. I can disagree with anyone, but that doesn't mean that I have to not care about you as a human being. I, mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm not trying to take your rights away from you. If you want to worship, um, the way you want to worship, cool, do it. But don't infringe upon my right to be able to worship or pursue the things that make me feel whole. Do you think, are you more hopeful for the future of LGBT rights in Wisconsin or 
um, is have these recent passing of these bills been kind of discouraging or do you think there's going to be a shift sometime? I I will say that they have been discouraging, but I would not be here if I didn't have hope. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that we see in the wider media is not a humanization of who we are, but a caricature of who we are. And that's fine. There's a place for that. And some of us may be a caricature of who we are, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I also, like, am an entrepreneur. I work hard to make a living. I may tell dirty jokes for a living, but I also care about people. And we have to understand we're on the same boat. This planet, mm -hmm. we're all here. We're, we are all human. And until we start esteeming each other, regardless of our disagreements, then there will just be turmoil. But I see cisgender hetero people showing up for us. And I will show up for people when their rights are infringed upon it and any chance I can. So I, I see support. I see love. But I also get threatening emails, mm -hmm. you know, just for existing and having the nerve to, to run for office, you know. But I hope that people, when they hear me speak, when they see me out in public, I hope that they see my compassion and my care for them as humans. Yeah. I, I mean, I think love is the ultimate goal for everything as a human I do. So if I can show up and love you, even when I'm vehemently angry and disagreeing with you, but I have enough respect for you as a person to just say, yeah, I get it. You know, I wish, I wish we could come to agreement on this, but I don't think you should legislate against me. I'm interested in what like your colleagues kind of, have they been supportive of these issues as well? And as um, the first trans elected official in Madison, what is it like kind of being the, kind of having these issues up for debate right in front of you? Well, I part of me thinks it's it's um, these issues coming up are because I had the nerve to run for office and show up and and you know propose and luckily pass um, a transgender sanctuary city resolution, um, as well as the county of Dane going through the same process and creating a, a transgender sanctuary county status for us. I think that these are just reactionary and hateful because they don't see me as a human being. They see me as as demonic or or perverted and and nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> you know? Um as far as my colleagues, I I like everyone on our council. I I really enjoy being part of it. And I've never felt like anyone's esteemed me anything other than than esteeming me as for my humanity and who I am and how I show up. And I hope that I'm able to do the same for all of my other colleagues, all of my colleagues on the on the council. So I felt incredibly supported and 
most of my district, I feel incredibly supported. So I feel honored and grateful that I'm able to be in a position that no one in Madison has been in, you know, mm-hmm. as a trans yeah. person. And, and, and I'm grateful that I have the support of, of my colleagues and my, my constituency. And I, I love my constituents. Like, man, I, we have some great people in our district. I mean, yeah. we have great people in Madison too, but. <laughs> yeah, that's good to hear. Um, has anything surprised you in this fight for trans rights or even just being an alder in general has anything surprised you in terms of like support or opposition to the things that you're fighting for Uh, nothing has been very surprising Mm -hmm. other than (laughs) getting threatening emails occasionally which which i think are funny and i read on stage sometimes but um (laughs) (laughs) but i i have been surprised at what the city is not able to do because of state preemption so like Mm -hmm. there we can't have inclusionary zoning which would help us provide more affordable housing because the state has preempted it you know we can't go after predatory payday loan companies that can charge up to like I think in Wisconsin it's capped at like 35% but but that's still a lot of 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 um money that you have to pay out just for trying to get your basic needs met. You know, there are there are those things that we can't do because of the state, but I'm going to do what I can to to find ways to improve the lives of people that are experiencing the hardest times and 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 I'll always come back to that. I you know I'm a person who who experiences poverty uh, cyclically. You know and and I hate it. I and poverty mm-hmm. is is painful and exhausting and always in the back of your mind and impacts every aspect of your life. I'm concerned about people who are self medicating and experiencing addiction and. And making them feel esteemed enough to be able to seek help and care. I'm concerned about people that aren't able to get enough food. I'm concerned about people who are afraid of losing their home because they can't afford mortgage or they can't afford rent. That's what I'm concerned about. That is where American society, Western society as a whole, has disconnected from the humanity of people. And I want people who are resourced and never experienced financial insecurity to know that poor people pay more for everything, higher interest rates, you know, extra fees. We don't get free things all the time like some people who are resourced. I want I want highly resourced individuals to know that that people who are experiencing poverty don't have the luxury to be politically engaged because they're working two to three jobs just to take care of their family and keep a house over their their themselves they're they don't have time to advocate for better services within the community because they're trying to take care of their family Mm -hmm. so i mean that's where that's where i come from like and 
and don't get me wrong, I'm great. I, I'm grateful that I've experienced poverty and that even now as an elected official, it's hard for me to balance this job and to find ways to make enough money to survive. But I'm grateful because I understand it. And it reminds me every day that I have it good. Mm-hmm. Whether I can't buy a lot enough food to make me feel comfortable although look at me i don't i don't have a problem feeding myself usually but but if i if i can't make bills or something i know that there are more people even our neighbors that look like they have everything together that are experiencing this and i want everyone in our community to realize the more we do for each other the better we are mm-hmm. And that people are experiencing poverty, are working hard and want to have better lives for themselves as well as their families. So, yeah, I mean, that's where I come from. Yeah, I think that's a really powerful point, especially going back to what you were saying about, you know, these things coming from the small minority that's in power and maybe the majority who do think that these that trans people should have rights and all of this they can't you know they don't have the power to advocate for right. that so or the time or energy right yeah i mean i i think about the constituents in rural areas rural 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 <laughs> area areas yes. that's a very difficult word for a Texan to say um um in those areas who need enough money to pay for childcare that's incredibly expensive mm-hmm. that that need to be able to afford to make their mortgages that want to help people around them who can't get anything done because our legislators aren't doing the work of the people they're doing the work of special interest groups and groups who want to demean and devalue human life. Like, mm-hmm. look, that AB, uh, AB 447, the uh, defin- defining sex as assigned at birth, mm-hmm. will absolutely result in death if it becomes a law. Like, especially trans women, and more importantly, trans women of color, Mm-hmm. will die so the people who are voting for this bill say that they're pro-life but they don't care about the lives of these trans kids who cried to them for hours and hours up on end telling them that it hurts them some of those sadly will probably die mm-hmm. people who are incarcerated no matter what the offense is no matter what the offense is, you corrections facilities have a duty of care and inmates have rights. So when they're thinking, when they're talking about being pro-life, they need to understand and they need to acknowledge that if they vote for these bills, they are not pro-life. They're pro-birth and they're pro-white life. Yeah. I think especially back to that one bill that would ban people under the age of 18 from getting any gender affirming surgeries. I remember a lot of very like 
very powerful testimonies and just like even just voices on social media like of trans adults saying that if this has had existed when I was a kid if this was the law when I was a kid like I don't know where I would be and I think that that really kind of yeah puts into perspective and and they're not even talking about the fact that we have there are processes in place and standards of care that healthcare practitioners have to follow in accordance with um, their governing boards. And not no one under 18 is going in and getting genital surgery. Like, and, and they want to talk about our genitals all the time. And if you look at the rooms, the trans people never mention our genitals, right? Yeah. It's they're genital obsessed about us. And I think it's weird, especially when we're talking about children. But there are not gen gender affirming surgeries done on children under 18 without the consent and cooperation of a healthcare practitioner and the parent mm -hmm. and the child. And that is very few, like those happen very rarely hormone therapy and uh um hormone blockers are reversible are there are there are there differences absolutely but they're reversible and they've been proven to help people and like i said there's therapy involved there's doctor um parent conversations and consent there the government should not be making decisions about anyone's body. And if we talk about gender affirming care, then cisgender women or girls should not be having breast augmentations. That's gender affirming. Mm -hmm. Cis men should not be able to have hair transplants because that's gender affirming. But yeah. we don't talk about those things. We just care about marginalizing people that are more vulnerable and it just it, it's infuriating i've been bullied by teachers pastors you know bosses i don't like bullies and all i'm seeing from the republicans in the state legislature right now not all of them but the vast majority of them is bullying and i'm not okay with it what would you say to young people who or just any marginalized person who is seeing all these bills pass and maybe they are one of those people that you were talking about that doesn't have the power or the means to advocate for this and they're seeing these pass that kind of make them scared or anything. Know that I'm fighting for you. Know that other adults are fighting for you. Um, know that's many in our legislature are fighting for you and standing on your side. You're not alone, even though it feels like you are, especially if you're in, in a family unit that is not supportive. We are, you're not alone. Do you have anything else you would like to add before we wrap it up today? I would just say find people that value you and esteem you for who you are. And if you can't, hold on as long as you can until you can find somebody who will esteem you and value you as for who you are. But we need you to become an adult. We need we need these children to be able to grow up. 
Thank you. Very, very powerful words. Um, if you Thank have nothing you. else, if you have nothing else to add, that was, I think, everything from me. Um, thank you so much for taking the time again to speak with us today. Of course. Thank you.